Oh, holy shit. Happy and Merry Podcast, everybody. Boy, that was a terrible intro. I'm going to rework that at some point, but <laughs> it was supposed to be like a Santa thing. You know, this is like the Christmas episode, basically. Well, we're going to have more, another, like, actual Christmas episode, but yes. This starts the 12 days of Christmas. On here, Peculiar Pairings. I think so. Yeah. My well, name I is Matt. I'm Celine. We nailed it. Welcome. Best, smoothest nailed intro it. of all time. Yeah. Welcome to today's episode of the I'm... Santa Claus Massacre. Yeah. I was going to say, the only reason I'm in like a Christmassy mood is because you did give me a, a brief uh, a snippet of the, the topic. And that brings us to our uh, our our pairing for this week is pretty basic. It's uh, it's it's sort of like a treat for Santa Claus himself. It's 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 eggnog and cookies, but it it's is. alcoholic eggnog. I got mm. pre-mixed eggnog because I couldn't find the uh, little yeah. bomb ones you had. I was like digging through all of them at the store. I was like, oh no, there's none here. I, yeah, I just don't have them. I don't know exactly where Lily got them because I went to the liquor store earlier because um, I just wanted I wanted something more than just that little bottle of thingy. Mm -hmm. I actually ended up also getting a Christian Brothers Holiday Nog, and I hope Ooh. that that's good. But um, I went with the Evan Williams eggnog. Ooh, nice. Hold on. I will be right back. I got to grab the other bottle thing. I had to grab this <laughs> bottle again because as I was pouring it out, I I don't know what this means, but it's it's Buzz Balls. I've never had them before. Buzz Balls Chiller, eggnog flavor. It's pretty tasty, but it yeah, it's got 15% alcohol by volume, which is more than I expected. But um, it said so. It's Buzz Balls Chillers labeled as eggnog. Right below that mm -hmm. label, it says other than standard orange wine with natural flavors. It sort of sounds like they started in the middle of a sentence. So I don't really know yeah. what the hell Other I, than orange wine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't that know. I don't know of an orange wine. So I don't know what there is other than it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that sentence means, huh. but it is pretty tasty. So I won't hold that against them. Yeah, I have had their like apple teeny one. Yeah. That one was, because one night, Gabriel, for, for our listeners who don't know, Gabriel's my boyfriend, because I realized we didn't say that last time. Oh, yeah, he was just kind of there. Yeah, yeah he, he listened in on our Thanksgiving episode. Um, there was one night where he's like, we should just, like, drink and have a good time. So I got one of those, and I was like, he's like, well, you know, like, you're supposed to chug it. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Did not do that, like, super well, but, like, I tried. It's, it's good, though, and I mm -hmm. definitely know what he means about it being strong, which he's not a huge drinker as far as, like, hard liquor goes. He's very much more of, like, a beer. He likes twisted tea. Right. He's pretty simple. Ciders, perhaps? Yeah, he, he loves cider. Mm. Whereas I'm, like, Give me everything. So, yeah, I'm pretty much a garbage disposal when it comes to alcohol. I'm a garbage disposal when it comes to just about anything, but I will drink yeah. basically any alcohol. 
I am that with drinking, and he is that with food. So, like, nice. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's kind of yeah. sweet. It kind of is. So, when you sent me the photo for that, I was like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Like, I know where it is in the store. I know where to find it. Could not okay. find the eggnog one. <laughs> I was like, disappointed. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. I just pretty tasty. walked over to the eggnog section and was like, okay. I have never actually bought any of these before. I have had a couple, um, but I have never, and I, I, like, when she brought them home, I did remember, like, seeing them in stores, mm -hmm. but I just, I realized, like, I've never purchased one myself, so when yeah. I went back out today, I was like, I have no idea where to even begin looking for these, because we only have two of them, yeah. and they're fairly small, so I wanted to get, like, one or two more, but uh, yeah. we'll finish it off with the Christian Brothers if I need to. There you go. It's, there's eggnog involved. You can't yeah. go wrong. And then for and then the, what do we have with our food? Our I was going to say, with our the, food with, for the drink. I don't know if you ended up doing this. I, I felt like just being super basic, and this is kind of what we did when we were younger anyways, but I just went with the classic Chips Ahoy. They're just, I mean, you can dunk them. You cannot dunk them. They're just tasty, and they're, they're always perfect. Yeah. They're always exactly what you want. I'm personally not a fan of the chewy ones. I think they taste r really weird. They have to put in a specific additive to keep them chewy, and I don't like that. Mm. But uh, original Chip yeah. Ahoy, hard to beat. I got their, like, M&M one, and it's like a holiday M&M one, so it was, like, nice. green and red M&Ms. Does it have a little bit of peppermint? Good. It did not have bits of peppermint. It was just like regular M&Ms that were just running green. It was on sale, so I was like, ooh, even better. Christmas M&M cookies. Heck yeah. <laughs> can't, can't beat savings. Yeah, because I mean, part of me was half considering getting like the jelly like thumbprint ones from, I think it's Pepperidge Farm that makes them. They make like the Milano cookies and all of like those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought about like getting one of those and I was like, no, Matt said Chips Ahoy. So we're going to get Chips Ahoy. Oh, thanks. So the, uh, I, I stuck with that. Well, at, well, we'll definitely have another episode where we can branch out the cookie types later. There's one. Yeah. I don't know if they still make them, but um, Keebler used to make um, kind of what you were talking about, the thumbprint cookies with various mm -hmm. things, but they had one that was a strawberry cheesecake. And it Ooh. was so good because it was like the thinnest, like like sugar cookie or shortbread cookie, I think. Then just- I don't think I've ever had that. I don't think they make them it. anymore, but um, I worked for Keebler for a summer doing like merchandising. And so we just had all these cookies in front of us and we could try some of them. But anyways, they, they were like just the thinnest shortbread and then just slathered in this like kind of molded cheesecake flavor. And then they had like what had to be almost actual strawberry jam in the middle of it. And it was so good. Oh my God, they were just delicious. But we'll have to branch out into something like that. Um, I'm not seeing them, but I'm seeing like variations of the fudge stripe ones. Hmm. Maybe it's an Nabisco. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was Keebler, but, but yeah, this was also like 10, yeah, 12 years it. ago, so. We'll see if we can find it, either way. Yeah, tonight we have the story of the Santa Claus Massacre, which is also called the Covina Massacre. I actually do have a trigger warning for tonight's episode. Oh. Just 
because it is, it is definitely darker than what we've covered. So I just don't want anyone to feel like super thrown off. And if, if murder is something that you're like not about, then skip this episode. Yeah, well, and we're not specifically like a true crime podcast or anything. And yeah, we're not specific to like only doing true crime. So I yeah, I don't want to throw anyone off. And so our trigger warning for tonight is some violence against children and murder. Yeah, and I think it's fair with like certain uh, certain like uh, court cases that have been going through at the time of this recording that may be uh, angering to people, you might want to skip this one for now. Yeah. I could see, yeah, I could see it not being savory. Yeah. I will say it's not specifically like any sort of sexual assault against children, if that is triggering for someone. But just, just to put that out there so that no one is really like thrown off and like, oh, well, that's not what I expected. This, it's going to be darker. There's going to be murder. We, we've even dealt with a, with a, what is technically a real evil witch in a previous episode. And this is going to be darker than that. Yes. She poisoned yes. people. She poisoned a man and killed him. And this is, this is going to be darker. My sources for today are Wikipedia, Murderpedia, the LA Times, and the Huffington Post. A few pop culture references for this story overall, which it's not going to give anything away, is it has been referenced in the song Black Christmas by X-Ray Speck, which was written by their lead singer, Polly Strain. I, I don't think I'm saying that right, but if you know who that is, you, you, you know who I'm talking about. It was also turned into a movie called Silent Night, Mm. which I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. It's like loosely based on it, I believe. When you first messaged me about this, my thought went to uh, a movie called Santa's Slay, which is, of course, stylized (laughs) with the word meaning to murder, to slay someone. S-L-A-Y. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, stars the... uh, the uh, former professional wrestler, wrestler uh, Bill Goldberg, Bruce, Bill, Go- I think it's Bill, Bill Goldberg. Uh, so okay. uh, I thought this might be a bit more lighthearted. <laughs> no. And it's certainly our, yeah, our pairing today would indicate that this is going to be a fun, jolly romp. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's very warning, Christmassy. No. <laughs> so that fits in with it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So our story takes place on Christmas Eve in 2008. Oh, wow. I didn't know it would be so recent. It is is more recent. So that is, that's also why I wanted to put that disclaimer is because it is, Mm, mm -hmm. I feel like stuff that's more recent is a little harder to listen to because it feels a lot more real than like, this happened in the 1800s. Yeah, absolutely. like, well, that was like 200 years ago. Like, whatever. This this was more recent. Well, especially like, I listen to a few podcasts where they do stories like this, and they're often like in the 17, 1800s. And it's always easier to, especially talking about specific people and knowing that they're long gone anyways, it kind of doesn't, yeah, when it's like 2008, it's like there are plenty of people who might still be living that 
have been affected by this. So it, it yeah, I can understand there being a bit of a sensitivity issue there. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to go into any big specifics as far as like I can tell you that the location of this was in the LA suburb of Covina in California. I'm not going to give out the address of the house or like anything more specific than that just for the privacy of the people that do live there currently like I don't want to encourage people to like go there and like take photos outside because that's kind of annoying. Yeah, and, it makes sense. You know just just be respectful of people's privacy in general. So I will say there are some things that like I will omit just like for those reasons. Either because I, A, I didn't have that information or B, I didn't really think it was necessary for the story. That makes sense. Yeah, so we don't need a bunch of people commenting about like, you forgot this detail. You It's like, eh, maybe sensitivity issues. So we'll, it's fine. Leave it alone. Yeah. It may have been left out for a reason, so don't at me. Exactly. So, so we're on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve at the home of Joseph and Alicia Ortega as a Christmas party with the Ortega family, their kids, their grandkids. I want to say maybe a neighbor or two. It's hosted by Joseph Ortega or as the family called him, Papa Joe, Aww. and his wife of 53 years. They wow. were playing some late night Texas Hold'em with their kids. Their grandkids are playing some video games and like hanging out in the backyard by the pool. They're mm. just having a good time. Oh, right. This is LA. I live this in the is, Midwest. This is LA. So, yeah. They can go in the <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm thinking it's like zero degrees out, it's snowing, uh, yeah, it's LA. So I, I did the same thing, I was like, we were out by the pool in the backyard, I'm like, right. all the rest LA. of this, yeah, all the rest of this leading up to pool sounded like, like our family gatherings, lots of card playing. Card you know, playing, yeah. everyone's just having a good time. Pool, okay, One right. of, LA. Yeah, so they're playing Texas Hold'em with their, their adult children. One of their grandsons, Michael, is like upstairs on the computer. So they're just kind of, you know, in the house, having a good time. There's about 25 people in the house. So it's like when our family gets together, everyone's just like kind of like spread out in the house. Yeah, different rooms. <laughs> like you literally can't all fit in the same room. So you have to go do yeah. something. Yeah. You have to like get really cozy together. So everyone just kind of like branches off and does their own thing. As they're just, you know, enjoying each other's company, there was a knock on the front door. A man dressed up as Santa is at the door. And especially for like their young grandkids, they're like super excited. They're like, Santa's yeah. here. Yes. He yeah. usually comes down the chimney, but he's at the door this time. What'd you bring me, door. Santa? Oh boy. And one of their granddaughters, eight-year-old Katrina Yusuplovsky, I think that's how you say that. I'm not going to Katrina. That's, yeah. She runs to the door. She's so excited. Santa's here. She's like yelling, it's Santa. It's, you know, it's every eight-year-old's dream that like Santa yeah. comes and visits. She's so excited. She runs up to him. She's going to greet Santa. She's so excited. And as she's running up to him, 
he pulls out one of his four semi-automatic nine millimeter handguns and shoots her in the face. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I know that was I like know. a real hard left turn. No, that's look. You're telling the but story. That is, is that is how it happened. And I want to clarify. I'm not laughing at the the horror. It's, it's I'm laughing at it's the sudden shift from having a great time to shot in the face. That, wow. Yeah. He, I mean, like, not even a hello, I'm a drunk Santa. Just, just, just right. Bam. Wow. Like, yeah, I thought there was going to be oh. a bit more preamble and, like, he's in the house too. and he's acting like Santa. Holy crap. I did, I did, too, reading this. Like, it just, I was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, we're, we're, you, we're going. You said she was eight? She was eight years old. Oh my god. Right yeah. So there. she's okay. Poor, poor Katrina. Yeah. And two of her uncles had like gone up to the door with her and her uncles Charles and James were also shot and fell shortly after. And as this is happening, the man dressed up as Santa starts to just kind of open fire into the house. He's getting wow. people as like they're leaving and the party was kind of dying down at this point, but he just like kind of came in and just all chaos broke loose. Yeah, I definitely think your your trigger warning was warranted now. I really was not expecting it yeah. to be quite so brutal so quickly. But uh, I mean, three people right, right at the door. Right out the gate, three people, yeah. yeah. Good God. Joseph and his wife and three of their daughters, one of them being Sylvia Pardo, all like dove under the table. Yeah. They're trying to take cover. It's just complete chaos. People are trying to leave. People are screaming. Everyone's panicking and trying to escape this man who just seems so hell-bent on killing everybody. I think the thing that's more terrifying is that it's a man dressed up as Santa and it's this figure that you have like all this good feeling and like affection towards because you're like, oh, it's Santa. Yeah, he's supposed to be one of the most like universally loving, warm figures. I mean, he's been yeah. giving the sort of epitome of like free philanthropy kind of thing. And he's just laying yeah. waste to this family. It is quite the juxtaposition between how we as like the general public see Santa versus like what is happening yeah and christmas eve jesus yeah so everyone's just they're trying to save themselves they're trying to save their loved ones they're they're losing their minds as i know i would be in that situation i oh i cannot say how high i would handle that because i don't ever want to be in that situation and find out yeah considering how short or how little we're already into, like, this event. I mean, the guy's still barely in the doorway, and it's already horrifying. I think, especially depending on how it might sound in a doorway, kind of like if you're in another room, you might not think gunfire right away, especially it's a family gathering, you're not... I. It's more like, what was that? And then all happening so fast. I can honestly think I would either just be really confused or I might even go to like check it out and just be like, what the hell? Did somebody like like pop some buttons off somewhere or something? Like what the hell's going on? It's yeah. usually like the first thing 
you think of when like you're not really sure what it is is like is there a car backfiring yeah yeah which somebody that's probably the closest in sound although like the sound is a little different but if you're not expecting that that's like the first thing you think of yeah you're like i might i might be tempted to think that like a bunch of books fell off a shelf or something because your brain is going to immediately try to rationalize whatever it is yeah please don't be the worst horrifying thing i can think of it's got to be something that just yeah this is a it's got to be something less terrible so So people are diving under tables and stuff yeah people are just they're trying to just get out and get away they're trying to protect themselves and at some point leticia Yuzaplowski, so Katrina's mom, she's one of Joe and Sylvia's daughters. She was able to get out of the house with, I want to say it was her and one other person, they were able to get out and run to a neighbor's to call 911. And she told the 911 operator, he's shooting my whole family. My mom's house is on fire. We need someone immediately. My daughter's been shot. She was shot in the face. Oh my God. So she already saw her kid. Wait, the house is on fire. When did it get on fire? We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, the it's, there's so much happening that like reading that I'm like, wait, I don't remember Yeah. that it's a lot of things happen like very quickly. And my daughter's been so, in the face. Good God. Yeah. As our Santa Claus was like, going in and just shooting everything. He then pulled out a gift wrapped package, which contained a rolling air compressor converted to deliver gasoline out of it. Oh my. Just covered everything in gasoline and set the house on fire, which just created even more chaos. So like as Letitia was leaving i think that's like when the house started to then catch on fire and right right at one point it like exploded They're like there was the, the an explosion canister? of some sort oh like in the house just yeah i don't know house. if like okay. maybe it got to like a certain part of the house and then exploded i didn't find anything on that he even took the step to gift wrap it i know that is that's so weird. Like a really weird extra step to do and I feel like in a way going off of his Santa Claus attire that seems a little less suspicious if he hadn't first gone in and then like shot everyone yeah like I can see I can understand the forethought of like well if I just walk up as a standard civilian looking dude with a big coat on, hiding four guns and a canister of gasoline, that's going to look weird. So, I mean, yeah. this could even be a thing that he was planning for a while and thought, I'll wait until Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, I can dress as Santa, and yeah. it won't look as weird that I'm approaching this house I'm not supposed to be at. The Either way, fire... premeditated. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. seems very premeditative. And with the fire that then created 40 to 50 foot blazes because it had that gasoline accelerant. Just oh my God, yeah. Engulfed everything. And during all of the chaos, people started to recognize who the man was. Oh, no shit. 
and then so they I was going to ask shouting. if anybody knew who he was, but I didn't want to jump ahead too much. Okay. That they so started they... shouting, it's Bruce, it's Bruce, who was Sylvia Pardo's ex-husband. Oh my God, it is Bruce Goldberg. It is Santa Slay, son of a bitch. Yes. Wow. So, okay, so that explains the premeditation and mm -hmm. being an asshole. I'm going to pivot a little bit into who Bruce is. So. Get a little Bruce backstory. A little Bruce backstory. Well, Bruce. Bruce is the ex-husband of Sylvia. Bruce mm -hmm. and Sylvia had gotten married in, I want to say it was June of 2006. The marriage started off like okay, but then very quickly fell apart. Wasn't super stable. I get the feeling and he got abusive. I actually am not sure on that one. I, I think there's definitely like a potential for it with a lot of the actions that he had like that right. would not have surprised me but I didn't see anything he on became that, so. a Bruce oh no sorry it's a no pun. Bruce no no <laughs> not the puns why why the puns Bruce you piece of shit <laughs> Bruce and Sylvia had a pretty turbulent divorce and that was mm. finalized about six days before Christmas, I want to say December oh my God. 18th. Oh so my like God. six days before he then came in and was massacring Sylvia's family. Wow. Her and Bruce finalized their divorce, which they had been doing divorce proceedings since July of 2008, just yeah. about. That's when they found that their marriage wasn't working and... It just started kind the of process sort of yeah yeah there's and there's quite a few things like nobody's really sure on the reason as to why their marriage didn't work some people think it's because bruce had a child that he didn't tell sylvia about Ew. like yeah. kept that from her yeah that's usually not gonna go super well no and it's it's very interesting. His son was with a previous girlfriend, Elena Lusano, who very much made it clear that Bruce really wanted nothing to do with his son. Oh, okay. His, his son was previously injured in a swimming pool accident. So I want to say at the time of everything that occurred, his son was about nine years old. So this happened when he was like maybe three or four. He, yeah, he was about three years old. He fell into the pool as a toddler in like their backyard and had some severe brain damage. Oh my God. And this occurred while Bruce was alone with their son. What? Just the two of them. Wow, father of the year. I, I know. God. So he just like so, wasn't paying attention at all to the kids or anything. And he, I think chances are is that he fell into the pool and he wasn't paying attention and his son didn't know how to swim or float. Right, right, right. And in, in a lot of situations that can happen very quickly and that's not really yeah. a fault of the parent, but to then... In this situation, him and Elena broke up. 
And he then refused to pay any sort of child support for his son. <laughs> yeah, that's where it, I, I will say this. That's, I've, that's where I'm like, oh. I've heard, I've actually heard a couple, uh, on a couple podcasts, um, it's kind of dark, but the idea is um, from, I've heard from like teachers and even lifeguards at pools. They're like, the, the disturbing thing is an adult, tends to know what's happening. So you'll hear splashing, you'll usually hear screaming. The, like one of the darkest things I've ever heard is that like when a, when a kid is drowning, they're silent. Like they just kind of go yeah. up. And so I can kind of understand the idea that if, yeah. if Bruce thought the kid would be fine in the pool, he might not necessarily be alerted to the fact that he's drowning. But or there is that- I he was outside of the pool and he's like, oh, like he's not gonna get close to it. And he like slipped. Yeah, yeah. And so, oddly enough, I think there is an argument that can be made that it wasn't necessarily Bruce's fault. No, I I wouldn't say that that's Bruce's fault that that happened. But the real shitty thing does come to be when he's like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this kid. Yeah, that's that's uh, where, like, the shittiness of who Bruce is comes in is that, like, he's he's like, oh, like, I don't want to pay for that. Right. And even if, thing. yeah, even if his injury, his drowning his, wasn't your fault, it was still on your watch and you're his father. Yeah. This Bruce, is your responsibility. You Bruce is not father of the year in wow. any shape or form. Good At stuff. one point, Elena had to sue Bruce for support. And that was when medical costs for their son reached $340,000. Oh my God. And she was like, I need help with this. Our son needs constant help. care. Yeah. And like, I just need help. And she sued him for $100,000 and was able to get a decent amount of that into a trust for their son. Well, that's good. Which is fantastic for her. She, you know, she got like a little something from that. Yeah, well, and, and on the plus side, at least she's, I mean, presumably she was doing at least okay, because if she's yeah. over 300, almost $350,000 in medical bills, and she's only asking for 100, one assumes that she's at least doing okay, and like, yeah, at least she seems like a good provider for her kid. She's, she's doing her best, and outside of being sued for child support, Bruce has never paid a single dime more oh, sure. for this kid. Of course. And even though at this point he hadn't seen his son in years, he was claiming his son as a dependent on his taxes, <laughs> which was completely unknown to Elena. I'm like, oh, wow. You're going to not do any sort of like support for your kid. You're like just not going to be there in any shape or form but you will use them for tax purposes and they don't even live with you. Just the classiest of moves. Ooh. Wow. Well done, Bruce. With that, I could definitely see how Bruce and Sylvia had had some arguments over that. that... Well, and then especially if she learns, like, what happens with all of that. Yeah, I could, like, yeah, wow, just... Because one of the things that always comes up in, like, certain true crime things that I listen to is, like, a serial killer who has a significant other and at some point gets married, 
one of the consistent things is they just have such charisma. They tend to have like two, three, four marriages or, or relationships in general. And they're always wow. asking like, how, how do they do it? Who, who is, who is shacking up with these I know. I, assholes? I don't even know how you wouldn't notice if your significant other had like a secret family. Yeah. And, I, and like, I feel like you would notice at a point. Yeah. And then you, and then you just kind of realize like, that's just one of their traits. It's just one of the things that they're able to do is they're just convincing and alluring and charismatic. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, I can see how, like you were saying, it, it gets revealed. Not only does he have a kid in a past relationship, uh, he yeah. basically permanently damaged this kid uh, and is not taking any responsibility for it while also claiming him on his taxes. Yeah, yeah he's just I'm getting you know, wiping his hands clean yeah. of that and being like, oh, but like the taxes, the tax what, rate. What a piece of shit. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> Bruce gets worse. Of course he does. There was a lot of tension between him and Sylvia, especially when it did come to finances. One thing is that Bruce was, at the time, he was working as an electrical engineer. He's bringing in some really good money. You know, a solid three figures. Yeah. Which... He did actually get fired from his job in July of 2008 because he was filing false billing hours. Wow. What a prick. So, while he was making, like, decent money, he expected Sylvia to financially support all three of her children on her salary and then after a point, also him with no job. Oh, right. Which was, like, when they started the divorce process. Yeah. Yeah, Sylvia had a daughter from a previous marriage that did live with her and Bruce, as well as her two other kids, who I'm assuming lived with their other parent at the time. But Bruce had a pretty close relationship with Sylvia's daughter that did live with them. So that, to me, that seems like a little odd to be like, no, 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 like this, your children are your problem. Yeah. But like, I love my kids. Your children are your problem and my children aren't my problem. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a weird double standard. I'm like, oh, okay. He's just that much of a cheapskate. This kind of makes me remember, uh, um, there's some TV show on like TLC or something of, uh, uh, like extreme cheapskates and this one guy um I believe that yeah this one guy had a family of like two or three kids I think and they lived in this dingy shitty shack with uh like sometimes they had electricity and sometimes they didn't um mm-hmm. they like never went out to eat they were practically starving all the time um oh, that's they, so sad yeah and the only thing that they had was like the dad had this laptop on which he kept all of their finances and he was so proud of himself he even like bragged to the camera and showed them the spreadsheet he's like this is all our finances this is how we stay on top of everything uh on such a tight budget and then he revealed this is what they don't know he pulls up like this secret tab and they actually have like three million dollars in the bank 
because he's been so frugal. And it's like, cool, maybe pay your bills on time then. Like, like what the... Yeah, and he's like, I just want to make sure we have money for later. It's like, you have money for now. You should make like, sure that all of your shit is good to go. A good amount of that money, like, you invest it properly, like, does a lot for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it was just so twisted in how, how proud he seemed to be that the rest of his family had no idea. He was, like, super excited about that, and it's just like... Meanwhile, his kids, like, can't do well in school because yeah. they're starving. Yeah, and they they have like all oh. secondhand clothing and stuff. It's just, I mean, yeah. nothing wrong with secondhand clothing. I mean, the shirt I'm wearing is secondhand. That's true. You can get some really of... good stuff secondhand, but to I'm not trying to the point that. like, yeah, like he can where... to give his kids everything that they need to succeed, and he yeah, and he's not doing deliberately. That. Yeah, <sighs> and Bruce sounds even worse. Than Bruce that. sounds like that like that a lot and at the beginning of his marriage with Sylvia they actually were able to save a pretty decent like nest egg for them of $88,500 and that's a good chunk of change that was like after about a about a year wow pretty good okay yeah that's really good yeah (laughs) I can save a grand after a year but the thing that really bothered Sylvia was that he all, he then refused to open up a joint banking account with her. Right. And after that year, she started to believe that he created a private account without her knowing because yeah. this nest egg then dwindled to $17,000 in two months. Wow. Yeah. Pretty suspicious. Don't like yeah, so, that. Yeah, so presumably he just took like all that money and scrawled it away. Yeah. yeah, he's sounding more and more like that guy from the episode I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then at that point, just with all of the things like piling on and adding to all the other stress that they have, Sylvia's just like, we can't continue this marriage. Like, it's not working. And she actually did state in court documents that continuing the marriage was not an option anymore. That sounds fair. It was beyond saving. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair to be in a situation where your significant other is like, fuck you, fuck kids. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. Like, you can figure it out. And Sylvia was making, like, I want to say her salary was about 33000 a year, and she's trying to support her and her three kids and have no help otherwise. Like, that's, I'm sure from her other kids and, like, her previous marriage, she may have had some financial support there for her kids. Right, right, right. But to then have, like, your spouse be like, no, we are not doing that together. That's, that's like, pretty shitty. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's, I, I honestly kept forgetting that they were even married. Cause that is such like, you're committing yourself to every aspect of their life. And part of that yeah. is those kids. And it's like, and especially when you make enough money, although then he, yeah. and then he fucking gets himself fired cause he's a dipshit. Yeah. Uh, so when they started their divorce proceedings in June of 2008, so like at the beginning of their divorce, when they separated, they had ordered Bruce to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support so she could, like, 
pay bills and keep a roof over her head for her and her kids and all of that. Right. Which I want to say the equivalent of that today is $2,448 roughly. So it's, it's like a decent amount of money. Like it's, it's definitely like not pennies by any means. Right. Yeah. It's, it's significant. It's a significant amount of money. And like, I understand that's kind of, kind of a lot. Then his payments were stopped when he was fired due to financial hardship. And oh, right. with how he was fired, he then struggled to find a job afterwards because sure. if you're you falsifying stole. your billing hours, like yeah. you're effectively yeah, stealing from a company. Kind of don't want to hire you. Exa- yeah. You don't have and any good references. Yeah, there's not yeah. more that you can do. He, he was upset that he didn't receive a pension from his work for being fired. Of course he was. Yeah, why wouldn't he be upset about that? Yeah, I'm like, you financially stole from your company because you gave them false billing hours. <laughs> but they ought to pay me so, what they owe. Oh, I think you already yeah. took your pension already, good sir. So with that and the lifestyle that he led, he was very quickly drowning in debt. Absolutely. Which, uh, it makes sense. Like, that that all lines up. Right. And with their final divorce and everything being, like, finalized, and they're like, okay, this is what you need to do. Bruce was required to pay Sylvia $10,000 as part of, like, the divorce settlement. Wow. And he had to return her wedding ring to her, and she got to keep the dog. What? And she got to keep, oh. Yeah. How did, how did he even get the wedding ring? Like. I am not sure, but I, I feel like if you're fighting with someone and you're feeling heated, you'd like take it off and throw it at them. And you're like. Yeah. "Hmm, I, I can see that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I see happening. But I mean, you keep the ring. You sell it later. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like that's, like, what you're supposed to do is you keep the ring, like, up for both parties and you sell it. Yeah, that is definitely, like, I've actually had a few conversations with people recently about, like, what, in what scenarios would someone keep the ring? And the idea is, like, if you are given an engagement ring and before you're married you decide to break off the engagement, I feel like you have to give the ring back. It's sort of a token of, like, an agreement if you are rescinding yeah. that agreement, you have to give the ring back. I feel like she's yeah, totally I think justified in this scenario to keep the ring. Like, he is not yeah. holding up his end of the bargain at all. Yeah, I, I think that's usually how it goes, is that if it's an engagement, you return the ring, but when it's a divorce, you keep it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, so then Bruce was pretty pissed about this, that he had to, like, pay or anything, because he's like, well, right. Sylvia lives this, like, super extravagant lifestyle and like she's living with her parents not paying rent like why do I have to pay for her like she's golfing on the weekends Ooh, la la. like like you make it seem like she's going out and like buying like a Maserati and like doing all this crazy stuff when she's probably not she's probably raising her kids yeah yeah she's probably trying to live her life raise her kids and just do her best and you're over Mm -hmm. here like no whoa it's me and like meh he sounds like a really upset european (laughs) 
Yeah, who's he just he just up. sounds like a real asshole. Is yeah. just kind of it. Like, and I understand like divorces can get like really messy and all of that, and it's it's financially like really weird yeah. to a point. But like, generally at the end of it, one party is paying another, and it's usually the party that makes the most money. Right. Right. And like yep. he kept the house and all of that, so it's not like he didn't have that. But damn it, he wanted that dog. He wanted he wanted the wedding ring. What he wanted. That is where a lot of people think the motive for what Bruce's actions stem right. from is this super messy divorce. Things didn't go his way, and he then reacted in a very extreme. Manner. Yeah, boy, did he react. Holy shit. Yeah, the fire that he set to the house took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish all of the flames. Oh, wow. Hour and a half. I, and I mean, at least they got it out. That's good. Didn't spread to any other houses, I hope. Yeah, I, I don't think it did. I think it was just contained to the one, but... Due to the intensity of the fire, a lot of his victims had to be identified through dental and medical records. Oh, oh God. And quite a oh. few of them were initially reported as missing people mm. because they couldn't immediately identify them. So it was right, easier right. to say, hey, they're missing people. Like, we have an idea of where they are, but we're not 100% sure. So just like to be on the safe right, side. We, yeah. For, for the time being, it's like, we know that these three, you know, however many people, we know that these people are missing. Yeah. We're, we're almost certain that they were in this house. We just haven't yet been able to actually link an identity to these bodies yet. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. So he just lit it on fire and let people burn in it. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it is intense. A total of nine people died during the attack. Oh my God. Three of them were specifically from gunshot wounds, which was Sylvia Ortega Pardo, which is Bruce's ex-wife, Alicia Sotomayor Ortega, which was Bruce's mother, ex-mother-in-law, and Joseph, Papa Joe, Ortega, who was his ex-father-in-law. Wait, were... wait a minute. Wait, you said three people died specifically of gunshots? Yeah. Wait, so the... Like, they were Could... shot first. And, like, that was how they died versus being wounded but that, and then... Yeah, but that kind of implies the, the girl he shot didn't die from being shot in the face. No. What? What? We we will get we will get to Katrina. Oh my god, okay. There were four people that were a combination of gunshot wounds and the fire. Yeah. So being so wounded that like you're inhaling too much smoke or like you, right. you just like yeah, like away. he he shot him in the leg, so like they could have run out of the house, but because he shot him in the leg, they ended up dying of asphyxiation. So it's like a combination yeah. of right. Gotcha. Yeah, which was his two ex-brother-in-laws, Charles Ortiz and, or Charles Ortega Ortiz and James Ortega, and his, two of his ex-sister-in-laws, 
Sherry Lynn Ortega and Teresa Ortega. And then there were two people who died from the fire itself, which was Alicia Ortega Ortiz, is one of his other ex-sister-in-laws, and his ex-nephew, Michael Andre Ortiz, who was the 17-year-old upstairs on the computer. Wow. Yeah. Just trying to he, look at porn and all of a sudden the house is on fire. I know. Michael was the only minor killed in the attack. Wow. Which brings us to Katrina, yeah. who did survive. What? Wow. Yeah. She turned her head at the last minute, so it hit yeah. more like the side of her oh. face versus like head on. Right. And her family thinks that by doing that at the last minute, that is what saved her life. Wow. They also are like, she's, she's going to have a hard life just oh. from like recovering from the injuries and. Okay. So it wasn't like a like flesh that. wound. Okay. So it's still. No, like she, she was still very much like shot. Wow. But like she did survive. And as far as I know, she is, she is Okay. A few other injuries were a 16-year-old girl who was shot in the back, Ugh. also survived. Yeah. And a 20-year-old woman who suffered from a broken ankle from jumping out of the second-story window. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, if you're in that situation, like, you do what you can to get away. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when, when You jump when out flames, that window. When flames are, are licking at your heels, suddenly two stories up doesn't feel that high. You're like, I'm getting the fuck yeah, out Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal. And you're like, I'm going to hurt myself. I know that. And you just kind of yeah. accept that because... Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like most... That is easier. <laughs> yeah, most people have enough common sense to do that quick arithmetic of like, flames is definitely death. Uh, I can yeah. jump out this window. Almost certainly going to break something, but I'll be alive. Yeah, and I feel like a broken ankle... That's a really small price to pay. That's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's not bad. She could still technically walk away. I mean, limping, but she'll be, yeah, she'll be shambling I away. Think, I'm pretty sure she did. Like, she was, like, hobbling away. Oh, I, I imagine she had so much adrenaline in her, too. Yeah. The, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh. You just, you, like, hit the ground, maybe roll a little bit, you get up, and you're like, yeah. no. Oh, and not, yeah, she probably thought it was maybe sprained or something. She probably didn't even notice. Yeah. That. Not to, I kind of forgot already, too, like. Not just that there's flames, but she's aware that there's, like, an active shooter in the house. Yeah. She's like, yeah, window sounds good. Yeah. By the time the firefighters, the police, and the medics arrived, Bruce had fled the scene. He left. Oh, my. He ran away? <laughs> yeah. He, he ran wow. away. Put on his street clothes, took off his Santa suit of horrors, and... Drove to his brother's ah. house in Sylmar, so in wow. for, about forty miles away. Yeah, like that's. I mean, that's smart. Take off the Santa suit. You yeah. Dress up as like a very colorful, flamboyant character, and then you get back to your car and you take it off. And yeah, that's yeah. pretty goddamn premeditated. Yeah. Yeah, he then, he took a rental car instead of his own vehicle, oh, and God. when he got to his brother's house, he actually ultimately committed suicide. What? 
Yes. It, it, it doesn't quite make the most sense, but it, is... in a way it, it will. No, I, I think it does. They, it just, from like an outside perspective, these kinds of cases always are so enraging because it's like, just yeah. kill yourself. Like, if that's what your end game is going to be, just kill yourself. Leave everybody else to their lives. Just kill yourself. Why? Yeah. His, so his brother wasn't present at the time when he did this. Like, he waited till his brother, like, wasn't home. Right. So he probably couldn't be stopped or something. Yeah. Was, like, a few blocks away. So he wasn't, like, at his brother's house. He was, like, near it. But... They, the coroner did find that the exit wound for his gunshot was at the top of his head. Oh, wow. We know what that means. Yeah. And they did suspect that he had intentions to flee because he had bought some airline tickets, which people were thinking it was supposed to be to Canada since he bought a ticket through Air Canada, but it was later discovered that he actually was going to go to Moline, Illinois. What? You know, he okay. like contacted a friend and was like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Like, I'd love to see you. And then like never followed through. Right. But wow. by that time, like they had found him in the vehicle and they're like, oh, okay. And there are some reports that the Santa suit had actually melted to some of his skin. Mm. So he then changed his course of action because he had these like very obvious third degree burns right and if the santa suit like did actually melt to your skin like you can't get it off you go to an emergency room and you're like hey they might i need treatment to... for this burn yeah and then there's like news reports that this guy dressed up as santa set this house on fire <laughs> right it's hey, gonna be know... like very suspicious we just got a guy. It's funny you mention a Santa Claus burning oh. something. Yeah, we just got a guy who's got Santa suit stuff melted into his skin. That is so weird. And we just like, happen to be huh. the closest. Yeah, we just happen to be the closest hospital to that location. That's so weird. Like what? A, what a coincidence! Like someone that he shot shows up, and they're like, "Oh my God, <laughs> no." It just Oh yeah, if they showed up at the same hospital and he's like oh funny God. meeting you here. <laughs> yeah, we, you let me just help this. me, Daniel. You uh you little girl here's got a hole in her head. Uh we're gonna help this guy with the Santa suit first. Um Oh they oh, would Bruce. never do that. <laughs> no, no. no. Like, oh, Bruce, this do is that. You. Bruce, you sound like a piece of shit. Well, uh all right, we got that Santa suit off you. Good luck to you, Bruce. All right, go yeah, fuck So because of that, it seems like he was going to flee the country, but then changed his mind, given yeah. the situation. The police did find $17,000 in cash saran wrapped to the insides of his legs. Wow. Attached to, like, a girdle. Wait a minute. 17000 That sounds familiar. The last amount that was in their checking account? The last account? amount in their checking account? Please. Stole the last amount of their money. Oh, Bruce, you piece of shit. Yeah, so when they did ultimately find Bruce and the car, it was parked about a block away from his brother's house. It contained remnants of the Santa suit, so not all of the Santa suit. Yikes. And 
they also recovered around, I think it was 13 round capacity handguns that were empty and had at least 200 rounds of ammo wow. with everything. Yeah. So he, he intended to do some damage. Yeah, when you first started the story and said that he had four, like, automatic nine millimeters, I assumed he wasn't walking away. Like, I was actually kind of surprised when you said that he took off his Santa suit, jumped in a car, and drove away. I'm like, this sounds like a guy who's just going to stay in the house and make sure that everyone is dead. I really yeah, think he's walking away. I thought so initially, too. I'm like, oh, like, this is... They're, like, going to find him there at the scene with everybody. For sure, yeah. I I thought it was going to go in a very different direction. But as they were investigating him and trying to locate him, they did do a search of his house, and they found they a, a lot of shit. They found five empty boxes for semi-automatic handguns. They found a Benelli M2 tactical shotgun. Oh, my God. A container for high-octane fuel tank gasoline. And described the house to be what looked like a home bomb factory. Oh, my God. Wow. Bruce was real pissed about this divorce. (laughs) I guess. Holy crap. And with that, they then were really suspicious of his getaway vehicle and that potentially being a bomb. For sure, yeah. As they were investigating things, they attempted to remove the Santa suit with a robot and then, like, the car caught on fire. Oh, my God. And it ended up, like, burning and destroying everything. One article said that the car, like, was purposely set into flames. Another said it was an accident. Yeah. Who knows? Either way, they tried to recover stuff from the car, and they were all decked out in their bomb gear, being extra careful, and the car set on fire. Wow. Yeah, I mean, maybe he even somehow booby-trapped it or something. He definitely could have. But it ended up taking the coroner's office about six weeks to do a toxicology report to see if he had any drug or alcohol in the system. Yeah. Which I believe actually came back negative. I didn't really see a whole lot on that. That I actually don't find surprising. I. Yeah, I, based, I don't yeah. find that surprising just based off of everything and how premeditative it seems. Right. I don't think he then drank a ton and was like, ah, I'm gonna just you know, show my wife a thing or two. Yeah. yeah, and I think we would have heard something before this about him being like on meth really or drunk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, no, he just sounds like he has problems. Head. Yes. Yes. And a lot of their friends and family were really shocked because they didn't see anything that indicated that Bruce would do anything like this that he would be this kind of person. He was like telling his friend how he was going to be an usher for midnight mass at his church and he was going to like live his life post-divorce. It was later revealed that he also planned to kill his own mother after the massacre. Because 
because she had some sympathy for Sylvia after their divorce. Oh, and he right. didn't like that. Wow. So I don't I don't know how they found that out. I'm like, did he like write it down in a diary? Dear diary, I'm going to kill my ex-wife and my mother. Mother has done it again. She has taken the side of my whore of an ex-wife, and I intend to do them both in. They shall not see the coming of St. Nicholas, for I shall be their final undoing. P.S. Remember to pick up more bullets at the shop when you go. That, that is like exactly what I picked up. That's an excerpt. I'm I like, just looked it up. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So everyone is kind of shocked by this. Bruce, you, you just threw everyone for a loop. Wow. It doesn't seem like they really had a complete motive since Bruce is not here and yeah. a lot of Sylvia's family is no longer with us, so we can't really get some of those answers. Yeah, I mean, I suppose but, the easiest assumption is it's just basically revenge. Like, he was just upset from the divorce and... Yeah. And coupled with... Uh, how he, because uh, I'm sure he feels he was being mistreated by his employer. He's like, I'm well, sure. I don't deserve to be fired. I didn't of do it. Of course he didn't deserve any of it. No, yeah. Why would she be goes. Yeah, I'll show them. I'll make them all pay. I'll show them all. No. Like a very small, angry man with like tiny little fists be like, no, and his face is like bright red. No, you Pieces of shit, I'm gonna shit all over you pieces. Whatever his reasons was because of this, 13 children of the Ortega family became orphans. And two more of them lost one parent. 13 kids, yeah. 13 kids, good God. Yeah, 13 of them lost both parents. And two of them lost one parent, so... At least 15 people plus affected by this. Yeah. So 13 and orphans plus more who lost at least one parent. Yeah. Letitia is one of the few people that have spoken out after everything. And she says that she doesn't try to dwell on it. She likes to live her life moving forward with love and that she isn't going to let Bruce's evilness enter her life posthumously. She's going to move forward with love and be more of that side of things, that love and forgiveness. Wow. Which is really big of her. Yeah, that, that takes more strength than I think I have to muster. I don't know. I could yeah. really do that. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And that is the story of the Santa Claus Massacre. Well, as as dark as I was expecting it to be, that was even worse. Like, oh, to be completely honest, <laughs> exactly. I when you first, because I think you just sent me a text that said like the the Santa Claus massacre, and yeah. I pictured a bunch of like mall Santas like running through a mall terrorizing people. I pictured something that was yeah. much more like Nickelodeon esque in a way. I um, I definitely did too because the way I picked quite a few topics is just based on name alone, and then going yeah. into it's like I like it. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Wow. Okay. Damn. It's also kind of weird that 
I like I know that it was Christmas Eve, so that was his whole thing. But I, mm-hmm. I also was more expecting it to be someone who had a history with being Santa or something. Like like I said, that's I why my too. mind went to like mall Santas. I was yeah. surprised that yeah, like there was no history of him being Santa for the family or something. Like he's just like ah, it's Christmas Eve. I'll dress up like Santa. Yeah, that was that was basically the only tie to like the Santa aspect was that it was Christmas Eve and he's like, yeah, no one will suspect me. Right. Even though you can like very clearly tell that it's Santa. Yeah. People are going like going down after being shot like Bruce and he's like, it's not me, it's it's Santa's shooting people and they're like, Bruce, it looks like you, Bruce. It's Bruce. It's Bruce. Uh. cat. God, I can't believe she lived. I know. I think that's kind of like an amazing like little fuck you to Bruce is the fact that he of all the people who seemed like they would not live I very much was like Katrina's not living. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's gonna be dead. I just know it. And then for her to be fine well, I well alive. Maybe not necessarily fine, but alive like yeah i was actually kind of i was actually kind of proud of myself that i caught the fact that when you said people were killed by a gun you didn't list her name because i'm usually bad at one paying attention and two remembering names (laughs) and i was like when 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 i said wait what about her and you were like we'll get to her i was literally losing my shit i'm like oh my god (laughs) she's a she's gonna be but it either means she's going to live or she's going to be consumed by fire which was, yeah. I was going to just literally start to cry if you then described her like succumbing to flames. Yeah, I I very much thought that's where the story was going, just doing the research. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Like, she's an eight-year-old child. Like, what what has she done to right. like, For sure. have this happen to her? Like, she's eight years old. And it's certainly hard to say that there's a happy ending, but it is at least nice to hear that, like, that she lived and, uh, yeah. and the other woman you were talking about having the, the kind of uh, gumption to be able to just move on with her life and, and try to live her best life as she can. Yeah, very, I'd say it's it's very big of Leticia, especially since her daughter is Katrina. Like, it seems like it would right. be so easy to be so angry about it. For sure. Yeah, just real bitter and yeah. Yeah. She would yeah, she would easily have every right to. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I'm sorry that took a very dark turn, listeners. It's Thanks. at the same time I feel like they're sugarcoating it doesn't do it any justice. No, no, I agree. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh you were you were definitely right. It's uh Certainly wouldn't be fitting to call that the Christmas episode, so... uh No, we will just talk about the history of Christmas (laughs) for that episode. Oh, boy! So that will be more fun, and that will be a lot more lighthearted, but we will definitely continue to do disclaimers for any of the really dark stuff, and just stuff in general that's not as easy to listen to or talk about, just out of respect for all of you. Well, that was uh, that was enlightening and terrifying. Um, That's what I, I stand for. That was good. Speaking of terrifying, um, it's a horrible segue, but uh, 
should we should rate the uh, the pairings. I, yes. I I'm going to start with the cookies. Like I said, I got Chips Ahoy. I'm giving it 10 out of 10. I don't know how you can ever go wrong with Chips Ahoy. They're one of my favorite like store-bought cookies. They're delicious. Uh, yeah. I'd say for store-bought, I'd give them a 10. I mean, they're just always what you want. You know, that's fair. I think I would have to classify it like that. For store-bought, for me, they're top. But for general cookie eating, I'll go eight. Like for for... Because it's hard to be yeah. like grandma's chick chocolate chip cookies, like homemade. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give them a solid eight. The uh, I was pretty pleased with the eggnog. I haven't drank eggnog very much. Um, certainly not. That's the first of this year that I've drank eggnog. It isn't quite noggy enough, if that makes sense. I think I would yeah. be better by buying a thing of real eggnog and then just like adding an alcohol of choice. So I'll give that a seven. Yeah. I, I'd say probably about a six for me. I've, what I have done that I've really enjoyed that I'm going to share with everyone is I've gotten eggnog like just at the store and then Trader Joe's has like a premixed eggnog. Ooh. That's, it's a lot more on the stronger side. So I've mixed the two of those together and that's been a really solid choice. So I'd say if you can do that, do it. You won't regret it. Good to know. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. Cause we went to Trader Joe's just recently. I didn't even think about it. I might, yeah. I might include a pairing in the future at some point. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of these, but they also sell at this time of year, brandy beans, they're just little, I think they're, they might be dark chocolate. I, I thought they were milk chocolate, but they're just filled with little like quarter shots of brandy. Put that them in the, amazing. Yeah. You put them in the freezer or you can even um, make like hot chocolate. And then instead of marshmallows, you can put in some brandy beans and they kind of melt and release brandy slowly. It's, it's pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I will have to try those. Try it listeners. Try it. And if you have any suggestions for us, you can email us at gmail at uh, peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at peculiarpairpod or uh, at Instagram at peculiarpairingspod. They're all yeah. kind of the same. I mean, if you search for stuff, you'll probably find it. You search for us. <laughs> it's there. It's in the description. We try to make it easy for you because exactly. you know, we like it that way. You can also find us on Patreon, wherever wherever that is. Yes, sure it's, a it's in the description. It's also patreon.com slash peculiar pairings podcast, yeah. which is where Matt will read aloud your hate mail for you as our Patreon exclusive, along with other free items and yeah. being able to pick our episode topics and drinks. Yeah, I really, have to start there. Those. I really have to start looking into those and then yeah, do some stuff. I mean, there's only like... I mean, we can also people. just read random mean tweets about stuff if you want that too. Hell yeah. Do, we can, we go, can do all that. Go the route of Jimmy Kimmel and just, yeah, make me. Except it. it's just for random people and not yourself. And you're like, well, that's the, about that. Yeah, I'm going to read mean tweets of just, just mean tweets in general, not pointed at us, just like, oh, fuck you, Brexit. This is bullshit. And I'm like, oh, well, like, right. well these are my thoughts. Yeah, what does this have to do with your podcast? Nothing. It's just a mean tweet. It's, it's fun. We want to make it fun. So exactly. that is what we'd like. Join us there. Yeah. And so we'll see you next then, week. Join us next time.
Bye-bye. Bye, listeners. <laughs>